It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Monday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy for a little while this morning. Sandy will be with us just a little bit later on in the program. Uh, but uh, sitting in this morning, kind of bring you up to date with what's going on in Washington, D.C. and points beyond. Hope you had a good weekend, folks, and kind of relaxed and got away from the tension, watched some college football, and our producer's team lost. Ole Miss. Sorry to bring that up, Adam. Um, but, uh, no, Alabama fan. I don't know when Alabama fans aren't happy coming out of a weekend. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, if you're a Tom Brady fan, you're kind of happy about what happened last night. So probably had a good weekend if, the, if those teams are in your winning slot. Uh, had a good time. But, you know, the world went on in Washington. And we're going to talk about that because there were a lot of developments on Friday after Sandy went off the air on Friday morning. Uh, just a lot of developments on the uh, on the infrastructure and reconciliation packages. I, I call them the little one. And it's amazing when we're talking about a little one being $1.2 trillion. Now, the little one actually deals with what a lot of people think are good things like repairing roads and building bridges and all of that sort of thing. And then there's the big fat one, uh, which the far, 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 far left wants, the $3.5 trillion one, which a lot of people say, if they're really being honest, it'll be closer to 5 or $6 trillion. Just hard to imagine. And I, I'm the images that that need to come to mind, which the Democrats, of course, are playing down when we're talking about this kind of money. So basically, uh, what happened on Friday was um, President Joe Biden was called in to the rescue because this fight at this point, and we have to make this very clear, is, is really not between Republicans and Democrats. It is really within the Democrat family. There are those with at least three ounces of common sense in the Democratic Party that say these proposals from the far left are just insane. Absolutely insane. We're going to listen to some of those from the left in just a second. And the real heroes, I guess, even of conservatives across America this morning are two Democrat senators, uh, those being Kristen Sinema of Arizona and Joe Manchin of West Virginia. And they are the two Democrat senators at this point that are holding the line. 
And they came under protest. We're so used to seeing protests against Republicans. I don't know if you saw this on the weekend. Some lefties at Arizona State University, where Senator Sinema does some teaching when she's not in Washington. There's a video out there this morning. You may have seen it on Fox, where some students chased her into the women's washroom. And she had to get into one of the stalls to escape these protesters. All right? Demanding that she cave uh, to the left-wing demands to go with the $3.5 trillion. And then Joe Manchin, I, I didn't know this, I, he lives on a houseboat in the Potomac River, and or at least he has one, and he was on that houseboat on the weekend, and I guess he had kayaks, people with kayaks are going there to protest against him. Uh, so that's the kind of wackiness that was going on during the weekend. But what happened on Friday, folks, was this. The, the left wants to link the little one, the 1.2, and the 3.5 together. And they say they won't vote on the little one, the 1.2, unless they link it to the 3.5. So they'll withhold their votes on the 1.2. Now, so far, Nancy Pelosi, she's with the far left. She still wants to link those two. Over on the Senate side, now, most of the most of the senators want to link those. They're okay with linking that as well. But, of course, on the Senate side, they need the full 50 Democrats voting in favor, and right now, Cinema and Joe Manchin are not going to do that. Now, I want to play you a little montage of these left-wing Democrats. I'm not going to list them all because some of them you're going to recognize the voices like AOC and a few of these others. Listen to how they're trying to frame this. Uh, let's have a listen. Cut number three. Said from the beginning is it's never been about the price tag. It's about what we want to deliver. The critical thing is let's get our priorities in and then we'll figure out what it actually costs. And I, we don't talk about it in terms of the number. We talk about it in terms of the needs that we need to meet for the people. We do want to spend money, invest to grow the economy. We believe that investing in the American people in a modern economy is the way to grow. I think that President Biden has been a good faith partner to the entire Democratic Party. He reaches out and he actually tries to understand our perspective. And that is why I am fighting for his agenda mm -hmm. with the Build Back Better Act. Are you We're going to win this thing. We're going to pass a strong infrastructure bill to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure. And we're going to pass the reconciliation bill. There you have it. That was Bernie. Uh, Bernie Sanders, now he's not a Democrat, he's an independent, but he, he kind of uh, beds with the Democrats, of course. Did you catch what those far, far left Democrats were saying? Let's not talk about the price. Let's, talk, let's just talk about what we need. In the, like, it doesn't matter. And it really doesn't matter to those on the left in the Democratic Party what the price is. And you can do that, folks, when you're spending somebody else's money. Now, you and I don't live in that world. If we need a new or newer car, you know what's usually on our list? How much is this going to cost? Can I afford it? When you sit down with the salesman there, when you're buying that vehicle, they're not going to let you drive it off the lot 
without arranging some kind of financing. And you know how it works. You've done this before. All right, you're going to finance it over three years, five years, six years, seven years, whatever the case may be. What are my payments going to be? What's going to be the interest on that? You and I live in that world. But you heard it from the far left. Let's, let's not talk about money here. Let's just talk about need. Well, what are they talking about? When, what is their definition of need? For example, included in that $3.5 trillion package is something like $80 billion more for the IRS. So the IRS can monitor your bank account? If you write a check, let's say you write a check every month for your mortgage that's more than $600, anything more than $600, Joe Biden's IRS wants to know where your money's going. So they want to hire a whole pile more of IRS people. There's money in this for basically universal daycare that the taxpayer, you the taxpayer, will pay for. Stop and think about this for a second. You live down the street. You're 50, 55 years old. Joe Biden wants you to pay for the daycare for your neighbor that has three kids. Pay for their daycare. Now, you spent money when you were raising your kids, but he wants you to pay for their daycare. By the way, he also wants you to pay for all the medical care of all the tens of thousands of illegals that are crossing our border. He wants you to pay their medical costs. I want to get into medical costs with the illegals a little bit more in just a second because we're learning a whole lot more about what they may be transferring in with regards to illnesses in this country and perhaps driving up COVID numbers. Pay for Also, pay for their college. You're one of the 11 million living in this country illegally. We'll pay for your college too. And on and on and on it goes. It is absolute insanity. Over the weekend, on some of the talk shows, we heard from some Republicans who are raising alarm bells about this, one of them, Mike Waltz, a Florida Republican congressman, responded to what these Democrats are saying. Cut number four. Well, we have to make the case that 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 I was just talking about, that that this massive amount of debt is actually going to hurt the programs uh, as they exist in the long run or actually really in the short run if you if you believe the estimates that are just five years away from these programs uh, going underwater because of this massive anchor that the that the progressives are putting on it but make no mistakes that the progressives are in the driver's seat here uh, the the moderates are in the passenger seat <laughs> riding along as they drive us right off a fiscal cliff. And here's the thing. China ends up as the big winner uh, because their theory of victory isn't World War Three. Their theory of victory is us going bankrupt and then not being able to afford to build the aircraft carriers and the planes and tanks and ships that we need to compete and maintain our role as a global leader. And I did not almost die for this country 
to uh, have a, a country led by socialists that then leads to a world led by Chinese communists. That's not a future that I want for my children or grandchildren, but we have to make the case that that's the road that they have us on as they're promising freebies for everybody. Yeah, and what Congressman Walsh is saying is that there is a price to pay for this. Uh, one of the things we mentioned, inflation is going to go up. You know, Biden keeps telling the, the nation every time he comes out and tries to sell this stuff. Uh, you've also heard, it's not going to cost you anything. We're just going to tax the rich. No, and it's going to drive up inflation, folks. And inflation is going to have an impact on everybody. You probably have already seen the cost of gasoline. The cost of food is all, is all going up already even before any of this passes. It was a very interesting article in the Wall Street Journal late last week about where why Mansion and Cinema are taking the stand that they are. And I wanted to read you a little, a few excerpts from this Wall Street Journal editorial. Uh, Mansion won't support more than $1.5 trillion in new spending. Now that's what he's willing to give the big package, $1.5. He says social programs must be targeted to those in need, not expanded beyond what is fiscally possible. He's willing to raise some taxes, but nothing like what's in the $2.1 trillion House and Ways Means Bill. This is very interesting, folks. The overriding problem for Democrats is that they're trying to pass a Bernie Sanders agenda with a Joe Biden mandate. Mr. Biden won because he ran against Donald Trump's chaotic leadership, I'm reading from the editorial here, and promised to end the pandemic. Even then, he lacked coattails as Democrats lost seats in the House and won the Senate by only because Mr. Trump demoralized GOP voters in Georgia. Mr. Biden ran explicitly against Mr. Sanders' socialism in the primaries. All right. So they're saying Biden has no mandate. He ran as a somewhat conservative, uh, fiscally speaking, against Bernie Sanders. Now, Joe Biden is adopting Bernie Sanders' fiscal policies and trying to drive this through. And they know that's not going to sell in next year's election, so that's why they're trying to drive it through now. But if Cinema and Manchin hold the line, that's not going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. Much more ahead on Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in. Back in a few moments. The Ministry of Preborn is the ultimate life support, helping moms in crisis choose life. I definitely would have gone down the wrong road and probably would not have given my son life if they had not been there to support me. From giving me the ultrasound to throwing a baby shower, and they went out and they got churches to cover my bills. They helped me through so much. It was just incredible. Preborn centers are the ultimate life support for moms in crisis across America, providing hope, love, and free ultrasounds. He's 10 and he's my little angel. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the United States. Would you join with Preborn in rescuing babies? One ultrasound is just $28, or five ultrasounds are $140. All gifts are tax deductible. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby, or go to preborn.com. 
This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Kevin McCarthy, House Minority Leader in the United States House of Representatives. As a congressman, he represents California's 23rd Congressional District. Psalm 7872 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Kevin McCarthy in his role as House Minority Leader as he represents the people of California and this nation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Chris Marcris lost both of his legs to diabetes, but he hasn't let his medical issues stand in the way of living life. That's why he jumped out of an airplane over West Addison, Vermont, skydiving from 10,000 feet. It was a fairly uneventful trip until the landing. That's when Chris realized he was missing one of his prosthetic legs. It had blown off during the jump, a $20,000 leg now missing. So Chris went on Facebook and shared his dilemma. About 100 people turned out to search around the landing zone, and the following day, a farmer found the leg in the middle of a soybean field. A terrific story about humanity in the corona crisis. It's nice to know there are still folks out there across the fruited plain willing to lend a helping hand to get a guy back up on his feet. Be sure to order a copy of my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, right now at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to this Monday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy. As I mentioned on the top of the show, Sandy will be in shortly uh, to talk a bit more about these uh, insane packages that the Democrats are considering and trying to shove through. They actually, Nancy Pelosi actually thought she was going to vote on the infrastructure bill on Friday. That didn't happen. That's why they called in President Joe Biden to the rescue. And that really didn't have much of an impact. They came out and said, well, it's going to take a little longer, uh, maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe months. But here's the reality, folks. And Joe Manchin kind of got into this. Senator Joe Manchin, West Virginia, got into this last week. They They know they can't wait. They know they can't go to the electorate and try to sell this next November. Because, as uh, we were talking about in the early part of the program, uh, this is now Bernie Sanders' agenda that Joe Biden is trying to sell. It's not going to fly. 
with the American people. It simply is not going to fly. And that's why last week, when Joe Banchin was being criticized by his fellow Democrats for not going along with the big plan, he said, okay, why don't we just put all of this on hold and let AOC and Bernie and all the other Democrats who are pushing this go out and try to win an election next fall on these points. You know, universal health care for everybody, um, including illegals. Uh, you know, just kind of endless money for everybody. And everybody knows once these programs start, they will not stop. And that's why I said, you know, go. he mentioned, says, go out and campaign on it. But they know they can't win. And that's why they're trying to shove this through. Much like Obamacare, if you go back way back to 2008, 2009. You know, remember Nancy Pelosi? Gee, you got to pass it to find out what's in it. And this bill that they're working on, the, the big 3.5, over 2,000 pages long. You know, uh, Chris Christie, uh, former governor of New Jersey, was on, uh, I believe it was ABC on the weekend. And here's what he had to say. This is going to be cut number five. He says that, that Biden 2020 is dead and that now he's even weaker than ever. Cut number five. It's the death of 2020 Joe Biden. When he went to the Hill, 2020 Joe Biden is now officially dead and buried. Oh. The guy who ran against the progressives, ran against Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, ran to be a uniter in this country, ran saying he was going to force compromise. And he went up to Capitol Hill and he capitulated to the progressives, the liberals in his party. And why should we be surprised? He couldn't stand up to the Taliban. How could we expect him to stand okay. up to AOC? Okay. All right. So that was uh, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. So. Just to kind of uh, put a wrap on this where we are as of this morning. So you've got the the infrastructure bill, round 1.2, 1.5 trillion, which is sellable. You've got a lot of Republicans who are willing to support the idea of spending hundreds of billions of dollars on roads and bridges, etc. It is what I would call the true infrastructure bill. And then you've got the monster. Uh, the 3.5. Now, what Joe Manchin said on Thursday or Friday last week, he's willing to go to 1.5 on that one. Now, Bernie says he started out at $6 trillion, and he's compromised down to 3.5. And that's where AOC is and the others. So there's a $2 trillion gap in there. And that apparently is what they're going to be working on. Can they get it to, you know, some are saying, can they get it to about $2 trillion or $2.2 uh, that kind of thing? Will Joe Manchin be willing to compromise on that? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. But let's get back to the bottom line on all of this. This is taxpayers' money. This is money that we don't have. In this editorial from the Wall Street Journal last week, remember what they said. We can't afford the programs that we have now. You saw the latest assessment that came out just three or four weeks ago that Medicare now is going to run, or, and, and Social Security, they're going to run out of money in just a few years. So we can't afford those programs now. What makes anybody think that they're going to be able to afford this massive expansion 
And what it is, folks, let's be very clear, is socialism. Uh, got, a lot, got some other news I want to cover this morning from uh, Dr. Fauci on the weekend. And I was going to say maybe you won't believe it, but you'll probably believe it because you're used to Dr. Fauci now. But there was a story out this weekend about Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, you remember last week she got in a lot of trouble. She went up to George Mason University, and there was a student there of uh, Yemen, Iranian background. And while the vice president was there, this student uh, charged Israel with uh, ethnic genocide. And the vice president, Kamala Harris, kind of said, yeah, we have to listen to your truth, she said to this student. Got in a lot of trouble for that, not only here, but obviously in Israel. And uh, then she kind of disappeared from the scene because the mainstream media in this country really doesn't chase them down when they make these ridiculous remarks. Vice President of the United States agreeing with a student at George Mason University that Israel's committing ethnic genocide. And the vice president calling it truth. You, you have to wonder, why is Kamala Harris even there? You know, she was assigned by President Biden to deal with the border crisis. What she, she went down to, what is it, Laredo, Texas, was it? And she stayed for a couple, uh, stayed for less than a day, then came back. That's been it. I think she went down to Honduras and offered hundreds of millions of dollars in aid to create employment down there, but that's been it. We haven't seen much of her at all. So she goes to George Mason, she blows it there, and then you have this bizarre story from the weekend. While Joe Biden was at Capitol Hill trying to rescue the package, Kamala Harris gets on an Air Force plane and flies to Palm Springs. Friday evening for a one-night stay. And what's bizarre is nobody knows why. The White House is not saying. In fact, the local reporters were told when she landed in Palm Springs, you're not going to be allowed to cover. Nobody knows. She gets on a plane. She goes to Palm Springs for one night. There's, there's no public events that anybody can uh, track down at all. And then she flies back to Washington, D.C. Yeah, I was thinking about this. For a party that's very worried about carbon footprints, that's kind of a big carbon footprint. An Air Force jet for the vice president to just take a little scudo to Palm Springs and fly back. Why do we even have a vice president? I think we have to ask, like, why is she even there? What, what good is she doing for the country? There's a lot of people that said she's just a figurehead. Why she was chosen? The color of her skin? She's a female. But that's been it. You can't point to anything that she has done for the country. Uh, yet the mainstream media allows her to get away with it. All right. Dr. Fauci. Mainstream media does like talking to him about the latest information on COVID. There's a story on the weekend, uh, a couple of things. 
uh, that he was questioned about. And one of them was the fact that he never wants to talk about the fact of many of these people crossing our border illegally are carrying diseases with them. Now, I th- they say there's about, uh, been 1.5 million have crossed the border illegally and entered this country since Joe Biden became president nine months ago. The estimate is 20% of those have COVID and or other diseases with them. That estimate, I think, adds up to about 300,000. Now, you imagine 300,000 because they're not getting vaccinated, folks. Uh, They're bypassing all of this that the rest of the country is being forced to endure. And they're spreading out through all the country. So on the weekend, he was asked about this. I want you to listen to what Dr. Fauci had to say about this. Cut number six. Are immigrants a major reason why COVID-19 is spreading in the U.S.? No, absolutely not, Dan. I mean, if you just look at the data and look at the people who've gotten infected, look at the people who are in the hospital, look at the people who've died, this is not driven by immigrants. This is the problem within our country. All right, first of all, stop saying immigrants. There's nothing wrong with being an immigrant. We're talking about illegal immigrants. And how in the world would Dr. Fauci know how people came in contact with the virus. And he's just totally dismissing the idea that these 300,000 that are believed to be carrying this disease that have entered the country illegally, how does he know how many people they're coming in contact with? He has no idea about that. But you know what? The problem is this. Dr. Fauci is a politician. Now, he's advertised as a health expert on COVID, but he's a politician. And the reason he doesn't want to talk about what's going on down on our southern border is he works for the Joe Biden administration, and the Joe Biden administration still doesn't want to use the word crisis. So he stays silent on that. But also he was asked on the weekend because um, he was asked about, you know, do you think, Dr. Fauci, that maybe by Christmas that we'll be able to have family gatherings this Christmas? Have a listen to what he had to say. Cut number seven. But we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've okay. just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Let's focus like a laser on continuing to get those, those cases down. And we can do it by people getting vaccinated and also in the situation where boosters are appropriate to get people boosted because we know that they can help greatly in diminishing infection and diminishing advanced disease, the kinds of data that are now accumulating in real time. You know, here's the problem, folks, is that we've been living with this now for, what, a year and a half or so? And we've been living through all the promises of the Dr. Fauci's and others at the CDC. The promises made about the vaccine, all you have to do is get vaccinated and everything will be okay. Well, that hasn't happened. And now we're learning more and more about the vaccinated 
can still get COVID. We're also learning uh, that, you know, the, the variant, there's going to be more variants. And then we're also learning that the vaccines, oh, gee, they, they have a, a shelf life. And now you're going to need boosters. And next what you're going to see is, well, the boosters have a shelf life. So you have to get another booster and another booster and another booster. And people are saying, wait a minute. And then there is a whole question of natural immunity. You know that you may have gotten COVID and your body reacts to it. It builds up the antibodies. But nobody wants to talk about that. And that's why people are extremely suspicious about all of this. And now what's happening is these draconian laws that are being brought in in various states. For instance, in New York today, in New York City, today's the deadline. Teachers, unless you've been vaccinated, you're not going to have a job. You get layoff notices today. And also, nurses are facing these in New York, are facing these deadlines. This morning on Fox and Friends, New York nurse Karen Downey uh, is facing this. She has put, uh, she wants a religious exemption. But she talked about overall her problem with the vaccine. Cut number eight. We put in for the religious exemption for a few reasons. And, um, but that's the religious part of it. The, the spiritual part of it is not the only part. It's, it's very new. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot, uh, we don't know much about the long-term effects, uh, you know, changing your immune system and how it works, perhaps. Um, you know, so I, I, I just feel like it's better to be patient right now. Plus, I had COVID, and I have natural immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like, um, and a lot of doctors and scientists say that you're, you're better protected, and you don't need boosters when you have natural immunity. Sounds like common sense, doesn't it? But you know what? Folks in Washington aren't listening to common sense, which raises all kinds of suspicions. What's the real agenda here? A lot of people think it's a government that wants more control over people's lives. And if they can keep the thumb on them, keep that pressure, keep that fear going out there, that people will submit. The problem with it, that submission is going to go on and on and on. And a lot of Americans are just getting fed up with it, folks. All right, you're listening to the Monday edition. Sandy Rios in the morning, as promised. Right after the break, Sandy will be back to talk more on this October 4th. We'll see you again real soon. Target is in the bullseye because of its transgender bathroom policy. A petition by the American Family Association to boycott Target now surpassing a million signatures and counting. People have their own beliefs and stuff, but what can it hurt? What can it hurt? What can it hurt? Can it, hurt? it hurts our daughters. It hurts you. It hurts our families. It hurts me. It hurts all of us. Sign the petition to boycott Target at AFA.net. I've got a book I've been working on for some years now. It's called Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. Bishop E.W. Jackson. I think it really is an important response 
to the critical race theory nonsense and all of this racial demagoguery that has risen up like a cult. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After Jesus resurrected their brother, Lazarus, Martha and Mary hosted a dinner party in their Bethany home. You can imagine the excitement and the buzz that swirled through the town and the number of people who came because the rabbi had returned. Martha busied herself with preparations. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, basking in his teaching. Life's demands can easily consume our focus. But one thing is necessary, that we remain at Jesus' feet, anchored in his word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. All for the sake of the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and let me tell you about Jaime. He's an itinerant pastor in Ecuador in Latin America. He'll travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks. He's been robbed of everything in his possession, and he suffered broken bones after falling 60 feet in the Andes Mountains. Now, what awaits him at the end of each trip? It's a thriving congregation of more than 100 believers where Christianity is fiercely opposed. And when I share Jaime's story and how he serves for the sake of the gospel, I recall Isaiah. 6 8. Whom shall I send? Who will go? And I believe this man is admirably answering that call and enduring more than most pastors ever will. And like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed, Jaime is humbly asking us to send God's Word. Bible League invites you to send a Bible for only $5 every gift match, regardless of size. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Y E S W O R D. Or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The Chinese Communist Party has occupied Afghanistan's vast Bagram Air Base, recently abandoned intact at the direction of Joe Biden. This development greatly compounds the ignominy of Biden's defeat there. It translates into a significant strategic advantage in terms of China's power projection capability at the expense of ours. Unfortunately, surrendering Afghanistan to the CCP and its allies has been accompanied by other Biden policies weakening our country at home and abroad that can only reinforce dictator Xi Jinping's calculations that America is in terminal decline. That perception intensifies enormously the prospect of open conflict with an emboldened and increasingly dangerous Chinese military. It's now essential that the transcripts of the three and a half hours of Xi and Biden's phone calls be disclosed. We have a need to know what further concessions our enemy has demanded and whether Biden is simply following orders. This is Frank Afney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president has said, is zero. This bill will be paid for. So it's not about a dollar amount. It's like four and a half trillion, but it's not about a dollar amount. There's just uh, presidents told us it's not going to cost anything. This bill that Congress is working on, uh, it's nothing to see here. And Congressman Mo Brooks is sitting across from me from Alabama. He serves in that Congress, and that is his uh, 
That's his dictatorous, dictatorous that he works uh, under. So, Congressman, uh, what's happening right now? I know this this will be, by the time people hear this, this will be uh, past tense. But in this moment, what's happening with that spending bill? Well, the Democrats are doing their darndest to spend money that we don't have, have to borrow to get, and can't afford to pay back. Uh, quite frankly, all of the Democrats are what I refer to as debt junkies. Uh, they believe that the best way to get reelected is to drive up our country's debt, uh, but in the process, give a lot of people a lot of things that will cause those people to vote for those Democrats. Unfortunately, we also have debt junkies on the Republican side. Now, they're, they're, they're in the minority on the Republican side, but that minority combines with the Democrats to collectively give us a $30 trillion debt. So the Democrats, they're going to figure out some way to spend money, and they're going to spend as much as they can. Is it going to be $4 trillion or $5 trillion or $6 trillion? Uh, we don't know, but we do know that this year the deficit is going to be in the neighborhood of $3 trillion, uh, probably uh, on the high side of that. And, again, it's all money that we don't have, have to borrow to get, we can't afford to pay back, and ultimately it's going to result in a debilitating and dangerous national insolvency and bankruptcy that's going to put our country at risk. I want to play something for you that came to my attention this week. This is uh, a fellow Republican, Congressman John Yarmouth. And He's I, a Democrat. Oh, he is a Democrat? Yes. Oh, I'm glad that you said that because I thought he was a Republican. He's chairman of the Budget Committee, and he was speaking to his constituents in Kentucky, and I want you to listen to this and then respond. Let's listen. So then the question comes, if you can't find the resources to do it, what do you do? And this is part of a much longer topic that I'm not going to discuss today. But it's about making some recommendations. One is, we don't need to find ways to take money from people to pay for what we need to do for people. In this country, because we issue our own currency and because we borrow and spend in our own currency, we can pay for whatever we want to pay for. We just tell the Treasury to pay the bills. We write the checks and the bills come in. And say, well, what about the debt? $28 trillion. Uh, are we piling it on our grandkids? No, we're not. We're not. This is standard, I will say, conservative rhetoric. And even some Democrats parrot it. Well, we're, we're putting it on our kids' credit card. We've been accumulating debt in this country for 230 years. Not one person has ever been asked to pay for his or her grandfather's Right? Never happens. They were saying this, I'm sure, when the national debt reached $1 billion under Abraham Lincoln. I know they were saying it when it reached a trillion dollars under Ronald Reagan. And I, was, I heard all that stuff back then. Right. So a trillion dollars under Reagan, it's now $28 trillion. Has anybody been asked to pay part of that debt? No, because we don't have to. Uh, but yeah, we have a sovereign currency. We are not like businesses. We are not like families. We are not like state governments. We are not like local governments. We don't have the balance of checkbook. We are like the banker in Monopoly. We create the money. We hand out the money. Everybody else plays the game with it. Okay, so uh, there you go. That's uh, Congressman John Yarmouth from Kentucky. And he says, uh, we can pay for whatever we want to pay for. We just tell the Treasury to write the check, and they write it. 
Uh, we're not piling up debt for our grandchildren. No person has ever pay, had to pay for their grandfather. Not one child ever asked to do that. So we're not like a state government. We don't have to balance the new checkbook. We can spend whatever we want. Okay, so Congressman Mo Brooks, your response to that? That is the height of economic ignorance. The money has to come from someplace, and it has to ultimately be taken from someone. In this instance, when you do what John Yarmouth is recommending, where you just print money, you tell the Treasury to pay the bills, well, one of the effects of that is inflation. And over the past year, inflation has been in the neighborhood of 5%. That is, in effect, a 5% tax on everybody who lives in the United States of America because the purchasing power of that dollar has dropped 5%. The purchasing power of someone's paycheck has dropped 5%. So if you were earning, say, $50,000 over the uh, past year, you multiply that times 5%, that's $2,500. That's how much the federal government took from you last year in the form of inflation to pay the bills for the borrowing of this money that they're giving away to people who don't want to work for a living. Do you think he really believes what he just said, or is he trying to just allay the fears of his constituents? Well, I'm not a mind reader. I would hope that no one is that stupid, uh, economically ignorant. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he knew what the truth was and was just trying to mislead voters in hopes of winning the next election. Uh, that all too often happens in Washington, D.C. We have uh, two groups of people. One of the Democrats that they live off of socialism. They live off of giving people free stuff as if they should not be self-sufficient, as if they should not pull their own weight in the United States of America. But I, on the Republican side, we again, we have our share of debt junkies who do the same thing but in the Republican side, they're in the minority. But you combine them with the Democrats, and they can spend any dollar they want to spend. Yeah. So in that regard, he's right. They just keep writing the checks. And ultimately, the bill has to be paid. Yeah. Now, yeah. we've been fortunate that we haven't hit the crisis point yet. But ultimately, the bill will come due. And right now, it's $30 trillion. That means that every single man, woman, and child in America owes the federal government $90,000. That's per person. That is their share of this federal government debt. And if our creditors decide that they're not going to loan any more money for whatever reason, and they have the right not to loan us more money, then we, the American people, are going to be responsible for that $30 trillion debt. And do the math. That comes out to roughly $90,000 for every man, woman, and child in America for a family of four, that's $360,000 is what you will be expected to cough up in order to offset the past accumulation of this $30 trillion debt. That's, that's going to have a horrific consequence yeah. on Americans. And if we can't pay our bills because the American citizenry doesn't have the money to pay, okay, what's going to happen to the elderly when there's no Social Security? What's going to happen to the elderly when there's no Medicare? What's going to happen to those people who are sick um, that are on Medicaid? What's going to happen when there's no free housing or free food 
you know, all the things that the federal government gives away, what's going to happen if there's not money to pay for national security? We went through this once. We should learn from history. In the 1930s, we had a Great Depression, and the result was we cut our military spending, and the result was the Japanese actually thought they could win a war with the United States of America, and they attacked at Pearl Harbor, triggering a war that cost hundreds of thousands of American lives in Europe and Africa and the Pacific. Folks, there are bad things that happen when a central government goes insolvent and bankrupt, and probably the worst thing that can happen is you risk our nation's security, and there may be competitors of the United States of America who would love to take advantage of us when we're down on our knees because of the economic calamity associated with the national insolvency and bankruptcy, with a big difference between now and December 7, 1941, and World War II being that now these competitors have weapons of mass destruction. They may be biological, uh, like COVID-19 is, a weapon of mass destruction. It's a bioweapon. It might be nuclear. It might be chemical. This is dangerous stuff we're dealing with. Yes, it is. And I think people kind of, that's why people are, I think there's a lot of anxiety in the country right now. And I need to add also that Congressman Brooks is running for Senate in Alabama. Uh, so I just wanted to mark that. How's that? How's your race going? Well, it's going very well. If anyone wants to help, please go to mobrooks.com, mobrooks.com. All the polling has us way ahead. There is no poll that has us with a lead of less than 30 points. And the most favorable polling to our cause has us with about a 40 or 50 point lead. But Mitch McConnell and Richard Shelby, the special interest groups, particularly those who want open border, those who want to import Chamber of Commerce, the United States Chamber of Commerce, they're going to be coming after me big time. Uh, at some point, they're going to start firing their artillery at me. And when that happens, the question is going to be, do we have enough resources in order to tell the truth and well, respond to those attack ads? So yeah. if you want to help, please go to MoBrooks.com. I've been endorsed by President Trump. I am the conservative, the MAGA candidate in this United States Senate race in Alabama, and it is open seat. So who do you want? Do you want an establishment liberal, or do you want a conservative who will fight for us? Congressman, um, you know how they savage their opponents. And I, I think of... Um, Justice Moore, who is a good friend of mine, how they savaged him. How do you prepare? How do you prepare your family, your wife? How do you prepare yourself for attacks that don't even have to be uh, attached to reality, but can take to have, get real foothold because of the methods that they use? How do you prepare yourself for that? Well, you just know it's coming. In uh, 2017, when I ran for the United States Senate as a 10-person race, I came in third. We would have won it, uh, but for Mitch McConnell and his team, uh, throwing $15 million in attack ads at us. Uh, this time we're in a much, 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 much stronger position, but you've got to anticipate that the special interest groups are going to be putting tons of money uh, easily into the millions, maybe tens of millions of dollars attacking me because they do not want a United States senator who will do what's right for the average American citizen. They want someone who will do what the special interest groups tell them to do, and that's not Mo Brooks. So we'll see how it plays out, um, but it's we may win, we may not win. Time will uh, tell the answer uh, to that question, but it's worth it for our country. Yeah, but still, uh, like I said, it's it just it, uh, the fact that you have the courage to do this, knowing what you know. And Alabama, I forgot exactly. There was a name of this group that came in to get uh, Justice Moore. We know more about it now. They came in, I think, from New York, and they used a the whole process. Uh, and so you know they're going to do that to you. You know they're, they're going to do, do that utmost. to you. Yeah. 
let's change it. So we need to pray for you. So that's the bottom Thank line. Because it takes a lot of courage to pray do this. Pray for our country and pray for yes. voters to be smart enough to figure out what the true facts are. Yep. The American people do the right thing if they're not misled by the fake news media or by the distortions and lies that so often take place in politics. Uh, we just have a few minutes left, and I want to ask you something, one last thing. You just in the House passed the new National Defense Authorization Act, and in that uh, bill was a provision for women to be drafted. Well, well you say you. The House did. <laughs> okay, the House. Uh-oh. Yes. The See wind just picked up, up <laughs> and the banner just fell over. But on, it's a nice my, Sandy Rios banner. <laughs> and it fell, Sandy Rios fell on Sandy Rios. That's right. The National Defense it. Authorization Act was passed uh, in the House of Representatives. I and a number of my conservative colleagues voted against it. And we voted against it because we had heartburn about women, our teenage daughters, having to register for the draft. Uh, we had heartburn about it because there were red flag laws that would deny people their Second Amendment rights uh, without due process of law. Uh, we voted against it because it did nothing to stop the indoctrination of our military personnel with critical race theory. It did nothing to stop American taxpayers being saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills for these people who want to engage in transgender surgery with subsequent hormonal treatments for life all um, at the expense of the American taxpayer. I mean, just go down the list of things that the socialists are pushing, their agenda, their amoral values in the United States of America, and now they have decided that the National Defense Authorization Act will be a vehicle by which they force those things on the American people, and it's wrong. Well, so, the, but why did so, I think, I think the number 79 Republicans voted for that. What, 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 what possible reasoning for that? Well, that's, that's about how many of us voted against. A hundred and something oh, Republicans oh, oh, voted oh, for. Right, okay. um, well, there's a lot of pressure. 30 seconds. A lot of pressure on a lot of congressmen to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And in this instance, uh, we should have been fighting for the Absolutely. principles that we ran on. But unfortunately, that didn't that's, happen. That's shameful. And, uh, it is just a shame. That is a, that's the hall of shame from my perspective for the Republican caucus to have uh, voted for that act, given all that you just said. So, but anyway, Congressman Mo Brooks again running for Senate in Alabama. So don't forget that part. And uh, if you want to support him, it's MoBrooks.com. So, Congressman, thank you. Good thank to you see for you your again, service Sandy. and your My courage. Pleasure. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.